Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Let's uh, bring in the outstanding Kate Scott. Kate, uh, congratulations to you on another great season on your part along with Ala. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, it's great to be on with you, Stephen. Thanks for playing that song. I've already uh, listened to it three or four times today. I'm getting in the mood for tomorrow. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. Uh, do you feel like you just witnessed an MVP season? Uh, no doubt about it, especially after witnessing what I thought was an MVP season last year and then seeing him get even better and more dominant this season and pay that much more attention to detail when it came to def- the defensive end, um, and then towards the end of the season, March and April, when he was just ripping off 30 and 10 games day after day after day. And oh, by the way, was also swatting three shots a game for like six of that 10 game stretch. I just thought to myself, if this guy doesn't win the MVP, then we should just stop giving out the award because this guy is the MVP of the NBA this year. So I'm hoping, right. fingers crossed, that uh, in a couple of weeks, that'll be the, the name that we hear announced. What do you think of of Harden and how he has adapted to a role where he's got a guy like Embiid out there with him? Uh, I don't think we're talking about it enough. Uh, For a guy who's won multiple scoring titles to come to a new spot, be paired with a fellow superstar, realize how good that superstar is and not try to compete with it, but instead try to mold his game around it and try to make them the most dynamic duo and thus the best team that can exist as a result. I I truly don't think we're talking about it enough this season. And I'm really hoping, I'm really hoping that James, for himself and obviously for the team as well, but but for himself, I hope he has a great postseason so that he can once and for all put to bed all the conversation about, yeah, he's a great individual player, but um, because... He's been sensational when it comes to team this season, and I really hope that he's able to continue that in the postseason and show everybody just what an an amazing basketball player he is. I'm going to use an extremely old-time reference, but (laughs) what he has done this season with his game reminds me of when Oscar Robertson checked his game in at the door when he joined Kareem with the Bucs and they won Mm -hmm. the championship. Mm, yeah, but I'm sure a lot of your listeners know exactly what you're talking about and are nodding their heads because you and I know, uh, and this spans across sport, it doesn't just relate to basketball. It is one thing to know what you need to do, but it is another thing, especially as a superstar who is surrounded by people who are saying, you're the dude, you're the dude. It is it is so much harder to actually make those sacrifices and compromises, even even with the knowledge that it could lead to team success. Because we're in such a me 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 place in our society right now. Um, so what James has done this season has has really stood out to me. Um, his teammates have. It hasn't. Uh, they haven't missed it. They they are paying close attention to what he has done to help raise this team up. And since he came back from injury in December, Steve, they were twelve and twelve, and everybody was yep. freaking out because because yeah. the Union and and the Phillies and the, and the Eagles and everybody was having such great seasons. It was what the heck is going on with the Sixers? But since since they were twelve and twelve, James came back from his foot injury. Uh, in early December, they they finished the season with the best record from that point on in the NBA, and that's in large part due to number one James Harden. If 
for a team to advance in the NBA playoffs, obviously the two big guys always have to play well, but there has yeah. to always be, in my opinion, a third that steps in. And it doesn't have to be the same person every time, but a third among the, quote, others has to do that. Do you yeah. see signs of that, of multiple options that can be a third on a given night? I do, and it's so funny you bring that up because I was at practice this morning over in Camden talking to a couple of the, the behind-the-scenes staffers, and that that was what we were talking about. We were saying, man, I just just have a feeling Tobias is going to have a game, just just getting an inkling that George is going to go off uh, for you know four or five threes in one of these contests. Just just know from what he's done in the postseason in the past that P.J. Tucker at some point is going to have some huge offensive rebound. It's going to lead to a, a, either an Embiid or a Harden bucket. And then the next trip down the floor, he's going to drain one of those corner threes, and that's going to be it. Um, I think DeAnthony Melton is going to do something special. I think Tyrese Maxey, who has you know, kind of uh, searched around when it comes to the postseason, his first couple of years in the league, I think that he's going to have one of those Tyrese games that has caught everybody's attention, not just in South Philly, but in the NBA the last couple of years. So, again, uh, looking back to where where the team was and what I felt like going into the postseason in my first year last year, uh, and now coming into this postseason in year two, uh, it's interesting to, I was so hopeful last year, but now in retrospect, I knew that it was mostly just hope because the team didn't have enough depth, you know, like Niang's mm-hmm. knee wasn't right, Danny Green was was doing as, as best he could, but, you know, he was getting up there in years, and then it was kind of, okay, what else? But there is so many options for that other guy this year. I didn't even mention Jalen McDaniels, who they took yeah. up at the trade deadline, and who is I, I can tell you, this is his first postseason. He played with Charlotte his first four years in the league. How exciting is that if you're a player who gets flipped at the deadline and now you're on a team that really has a shot? So I know he's really excited. Um, so, yeah, the depth is real. And now, as you said, it's just up to are those guys able to perform when, when they get the ball? When the Nets season began, it was Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, hey, hope for Ben Simmons. Oh, for three on that one. But what has made them? <laughs> what has made them a number six seed in all of this that makes them dangerous as a six? Oh yeah, it's wild, isn't it? So I I have boards as you know because I know you call games too. For for every game that I call, and it's so funny. It's like two different teams. We saw one team in the first two matchups of the season. Saw a completely different team. Really, the only one we can use is the one a couple of days after the trade deadline. Bridges uh, and Cam Johnson's first games as members of the Brooklyn Nets, and then we kind of throw away the game last Sunday because it was a G League right. showcase. Um, but I think it starts <laughs> at the top. Uh, I think Joss Vaughn, uh, and it was a, a really fun G League showcase. Those last couple of Sixers yeah. games in Atlanta and Brooklyn. I mean, that was. I, I yeah. can't say enough about how important those actually were when it came to team chemistry because I'm, again, of the mind that that stuff matters. These guys are having so much fun playing with each other, and they loved watching their G League guys get a chance to show out at the NBA level. Um, but to get back to your question, I think for the Nets it starts at the top. Like Jock Vaughn, uh, rightfully so, Mike Brown out in Sacramento got the NBA Coach of the Year award from some right. entity recently. Um, but I think the job that Jock has done with everything, starting in the off season, Doc has talked about it a couple of days this week because he spoke after every practice, and some reporters hadn't been there the day before, so he was asked about Jock a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And 
He said, it started in the off-season. Don't you remember? Durant wanted to be traded. And then, no, no, he's sticking around. And then, are we trading Kyrie? Oh, no, we're not. So he had to deal with so much not-basketball stuff. Now that finally all gets cleared away at the, at the trade deadline, and now he has guys who actually want to hoop. And they went 12-15 and 15 since uh, all, all the baggage, I'll say, got cleared away, and they just got to focus mm-hmm. on basketball. Um, and, they, you know, they're not a team to sleep on. Uh, they, they rallied from 20-plus down to beat the Boston Celtics. They went to Denver and at altitude, mm-hmm. knocked off Jokic in the Nuggets. So um, they may not have as much top-to-bottom talent as the Sixers, but they've got a great coach. We know, all of us who have followed Philly basketball for a long time, Mikel Bridges, who was one of the guys in Phoenix but now gets to be the guy since he's in Brooklyn, seems to be loving it. And they just have a bunch of guys who want to play hard, have bought into the whole idea of team because none of them is a superstar. And obviously they have absolutely no pressure on them whatsoever uh, they had to succeed largely because of KD and Kyrie and and the team that was there early in the season. But how great for them. They got a week off to prepare for the Sixers, didn't have to be a part of the play-in tournament this week, and now they just get to go for it with absolutely nobody expecting them to do anything. Um, but I, I think it all comes back to Jock Vaughn, a great coach, who hopefully will get a chance to be in Brooklyn for a long time because I think he's earned it. I feel like he's he got the most out of Nick Claxton. Uh, yeah. This year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a former second round pick. And Kate, is he the kind of guy that can at least make maybe something more difficult for Embiid, even though you and I both know nothing looks like it's <laughs> difficult for Embiid? <laughs> yeah, I think the only guy who can maybe do that is Brooke Lopez in Milwaukee just because of what an absolute physical force he is. Yes. But yeah, I mean, Claxton, Claxton showed that. Um, when we saw them in February in Brooklyn, he, as you mentioned, he's having a career year when it comes to points and rebounds and field goal percentage and blocks, and he's up in the top five in dunks in the NBA. He's a, he's a dude who's really found his spot, and I think, as you mentioned, in large part due to Jock just saying, hey, man, go play your game, and we will figure it out around you. Um, he's got a great positive energy and spirit. I actually enjoyed watching him cheer on his young teammates when we were in Brooklyn last Sunday. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first guys off the bench when their guys were doing great things. So I think he's loving the fact that, again, the cloud has lifted when it comes to all the non-basketball stuff that Brooklyn had to deal with the last couple of years. And he's showing that he's a really good basketball player who's still really young. He's only 23 years old, and he's not nearly as strong as Joel. Um, but he loves the chatter. He loves the competition. Back, I think, in our January game here, he and MB got double technicals because they were jawing at each other. So he is definitely, <laughs> he and the rest of these Nets, they're not afraid. They understand and respect the talent that the Sixers have. They know that they are outmatched talent-wise, but uh, they're not going to give an inch. And, and yeah, I think that's going to be, um, you know, you don't want to look ahead to the second round, but if the Sixers do make it and if the Celtics do make it, that would be round two. And, uh, you know, the Celtics don't have a physical force who's able to match up with Joel either, but they have lots of scrappy dudes who are going to go toe-to-toe with them. So I think Claxton could be a great preview for Joel. Well, Philadelphia has a broadcast gem, and that's you. So thanks so much. Appreciate it, and uh, enjoy the playoffs. I know you're going to give the fans some great work. That's, that's the hope, Steve. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks for having me on. Go Sixers.